Good evening and welcome to episode 107 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Howard Kravitz. Thanks a lot for joining me tonight. We've got a really, really exciting show that I'd like to present to you. A lot of news, a lot of uh, tidbits to talk about. And the format tonight is going to be a little bit different. I'll explain all that. Uh, Please make sure you subscribe on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. You guys know the drill by now. But I know we have a lot of new viewers as well. Uh, And then you need to hit that notification bell at the bottom so you know when uh, my shows will pop up and new content will arise. Uh, As you can see on my uh, name tag there. Also, by the way, smash that thumbs up button. That'll tell YouTube it's a great show. Uh, You can see on my name tag, you can reach me on Twitter. I'm very active on Twitter. Send out a lot of information, uh, especially in the last few days about uh, a big week next week uh, in, at Gulfstream. A lot of news starting to come out of there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. You can see on my name tag, at hkravitz. And also, uh, feel free to email me. The scroll there on the bottom, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. Uh, tonight's show is going to be a little bit different. We've got a lot of things to talk about. If you are watching live right now on Twitter, Go over, go over to YouTube, because if you go to YouTube, you can comment um, and join our live chat on the top right hand of the screen, just like Charles Blaha. Uh, Charles, how you doing? Uh, appreciate it. Charles, thanks for joining us tonight. If you want to be like Charles and join in on the live chat, uh, you need to go to the YouTube uh, page. Uh, again, you can just click on the um, link there. And go to YouTube, or you can just go to YouTube and just type in HHH Racing Podcast in the search bar. And that way you can join our live chat, because I definitely would like to uh, hear from you and our viewers uh, tonight. So we've got a lot of things that I want to uh, talk about. i got a laundry list of stuff. The first thing I want to let you know is our guest is going to be coming on about 30 minutes into the show. Kevin Kilroy does a great job at Fairgrounds. He is the... He's on the simulcast feed. He's new this year. We had him on um, a, a last month to talk about the beginning of Fairgrounds, and Kevin is doing a fantastic job. You can see him right next to Joe Krustefek or um, John Dooley on the simulcast feed there uh, at Fairgrounds. He's their handicapping expert. So we're going to have Kevin Kilroy coming on. He's going to be coming on uh, at about 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. So we have about 25 minutes here. Uh, And I want to talk about a lot of things, so don't leave the show if you're watching live. If you're watching this later as a replay and you're just interested in the fairgrounds handicapping, feel free to fast forward to about 30 minutes into the show. But I really prefer you don't because I've got a lot of very exciting news and a lot of things to talk about before Kevin comes on at approximately 8.30 Eastern Standard Time here on Thursday night. So... Let me talk about a few things uh, that I'd like to discuss. First of all, we are on Spotify. Check us out. If you're in the car driving, you know, to and from work or whatever, you're at home, you're on Spotify, you want to check out some podcasts, we are on Spotify. Uh, That is only sound, of course. So if you're just interested in hearing the sound-only version of the show, uh, of course, it'll be difficult to see replays and whatnot, but uh, most of the show, of course, is sound-driven, so... Uh, please check me out on Spotify. Just type in HHH Racing Podcast after you subscribe on Spotify. And uh, I'm very happy that we're on Spotify. You can check us out 
on there. The race day blog. I want to talk about this for just a minute. Um, I'm really proud of the race day blog. Uh, you can see the information there on the screen to sign up. It does renew. It auto renews the beginning of the month. So if you go ahead and, and, and buy the uh, subscription now, uh, you will have to pay again on February 1st. So you might want to wait till February 1st uh, to do that. Uh, but the race day blog is excellent. Now, last week, and I feel like I want to mention this. I have uh, a lot of people that have subscribed to the race day blog. And if you're one of those people, I greatly appreciate it. It's not quite growing the way I'd like it to. Uh, now, it is sort of a dead month in horse racing between, you know, the Malibu the day after Christmas and maybe this upcoming week where we're starting to get into the, uh, you know, triple crown uh, preps and etc. So perhaps it's just that. Maybe I'm being too hard on myself. I mean, there's a lot of information out there. I get it. But the race day blog that I provide for my subscribers not only gives detailed analysis of the sequence we talk about on this show, ABC selections, but I also give out other spot plays and picks throughout the country and price plays. Those spot plays and price plays that I give out on the blog are hitting at almost 40%, which is frankly pretty darn good. You know, usually 30% is a good number to be hitting at. And these are prices that I'm hitting at about 40%. Um, I gave out two plays last week at Oaklawn. Uh, we hit the late pick three for a nice, I think it was $230 for the dollar pick three, uh, including uh, two horses. One, which was 10 to one morning line, went off at five to one, had about six lengths of trouble and finished a good second. And yet one of the other horses I gave out on my blog last week was Rated Our Superstar. Rated Our Superstar won at 25 to one. I mentioned him right here on this blog. I did not talk about Radar Superstar on my show last week. So, again, if you're not familiar with the Race Day uh, blog, check it out. It's very easy to sign up on Patreon. If you're already signed up for it, thank you very much. Tell your friends about it. I really think um, it's very beneficial and profitable, and it's really inexpensive. It's three bucks a weekend. That's it. Um, less than some programs out there. So, Anyway, I'd appreciate if you guys uh, checked out the race day blog. Um, now, this next piece of news I have for you uh, is really exciting uh, for me. If you watched my show last week, I had Todd Shrupp on from TVG. <laughs> and, uh, Todd did a great job. He was a great guest. He loves to talk and tell stories. It was almost a two-hour show. I didn't plan it to be that long, uh, but we loved having Todd on the show. Uh, Todd made an announcement. I put it out on Twitter if you didn't catch the show. Uh, let me just go ahead and tell you and put the announcement on screen right now. Todd Shrupp invited me, me, <laughs> couldn't believe it, to go onto his show live on TVG. And I want to tell everyone that it is now official. I'll be making my national TV debut on TVG with Todd Shrupp. It's going to be Sunday, April 24th. It is in the middle of the Keeneland meet. I'm going to be going down to Lexington, and I will be on set live. <laughs> Might be a little nervous at first. Uh, live with Todd Shrupp on set talking about, I'm not sure if we're going to talk about a pick five sequence or just one race. I really don't know details yet. I won't know them for a while. Uh, but uh, if you want to see me on live TV, I am. Really excited. I just I can't believe the opportunity that Todd Shrupp is giving me. 
Um, listen, I have no idea where this is going to take me. Uh, it's, you know, maybe it's just going to be a one-shot deal and it'll fulfill a, a dream of mine. Or who knows? I don't know. Maybe TVG will like what I do. Maybe they'll get some good viewer response. I mean, I don't know. I'm a full-time math teacher. I enjoy my job very much. If something came along and someone offered me uh, something about handicapping uh, on TV, uh, <laughs> I'd have to consider it. That's for sure. Uh, so anyway, uh, I'll be making many more announcements as we go along. But I am really excited about that. I mean, I, don't, I mean, the chance to be on national TV live, how many people get a chance to do that? So that is going to be Sunday, April 24th. I see we have some people uh, joining the show. Uh, Christine, Christine, thanks for joining the show. Um, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, high risk. Thank you very much. High risk for joining the show and appreciate the congratulations. Um, Charles again. Thank you. Listen, um, it's sometimes not what you know, it's who you know, right? I happened to get uh, Todd on the show. I mean, he certainly didn't have to invite me on the show. Um, I guess I gave off a good impression, so I'm, I'm proud about that. Um, it's going to be really exciting. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to give some winners. Because <laughs> if I don't give winners on the show, I'll feel bad, but it's a tough game. Uh, Paul Halloran. Paul, thanks for joining the show from the East Coast. Uh, Paul, I don't know if it's cold out there in the, uh, in the Boston area. Uh, but, uh, it is, I'm looking at my screen here. It is 11 degrees right now here in Chicago on its way down to, uh, zero. It's going to be cold. It, it's been very cold here, uh, lately. So anyway, that's my announcement about, uh, Keeneland. Uh, very excited about that. Um, okay. A few other things I'd like to, uh, talk about. Uh, let me talk about some, uh, I'm going to go, I'll, I'll, I'll leave the scroll on the screen. Um, two pieces of, uh, sad news that I'd like to uh, report you that happened actually just today. Uh, my good friend, Nick Tamaro, friend of the show, he's been on here a few times, does a great job, uh, wearing many hats. He is currently the race call announcer, um, at Sam Houston, which we're all very happy. Um, Nick announced on Twitter that his father, Pat, uh, passed away. I believe it was last night. So my condolences, I sent it out on Twitter. My condolences to uh, Nick Tamaro. If you know of Nick and you follow him on t Twitter or um, you can just go ahead and mention on Twitter if you want to send your condolences out to Nick Tamaro, who's a great guy. I did not have a chance to meet his father, um, but from what, everything I've heard, he was, you know, he loved the racetrack. He, he brought Nick into horse racing and uh, we all have uh, Nick's, father to thank for that so uh rest in peace uh pat tamaro nick uh if you happen to see this uh we're all thinking about you and um wish you uh peace and comfort in the next coming days and weeks um another passing that i want to mention was actually a horse a horse that i saw in person in the fall a horse that you probably wouldn't know by name um you certainly have seen this horse before. I bet everyone or most people watching the show have seen this horse, maybe not in person, but the reason why you've seen this horse um, is because he's somewhat famous. Popcorn Delights is the name of the horse. And you're thinking, hmm, Popcorn Delights, that name doesn't sound familiar. Popcorn Delights is the horse that played 
Seabiscuit in the movie Seabiscuit. Popcorn Delights was the was the actor. <laughs> um, he was uh, the horse that played Seabiscuit in the movie Seabiscuit. He was at Old Friends Farm, which if you've never been to Old Friends in Le just outside of Lexington, uh, run by Michael Blowen. It's a fantastic side trip you have to make if you go down to Lexington. It was my first trip to Old Friends. I talked about it on the show last fall. And I saw Popcorn Delights. Adam McCarrot. Um, unfortunately, he passed away, I believe, today. He was 17 years old. Uh, so rest in peace, Popcorn Delights. You did a great job uh, as an actor playing Seabiscuit, one of my favorite movies of all time. So Popcorn Delights. Hopefully you'll have a lot more carrots up in heaven. Um, let me see. We got some more uh, comments here. Jim, thanks for joining the show. Jim, um, have you shoveled out of your driveway yet? I heard you guys got, uh, what, about a, a foot of snow? Jim is in Buffalo, everyone. So, Jim, hopefully everything's okay up in Buffalo. By the way, love the way your Bills are playing right now. They, I've been a, long, I've been a Bills fan this entire year. Um, I think they have a huge chance to beat the Chiefs. Good luck with your Buffalo Bills. Uh, Tom. Tom is joining the show uh, from San Francisco. Tom, let's see. Great the TV view, uh, debut on a Sunday. It's going to be exciting. Um, shirt sleeves. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Damn it, Tom. Um, we're all jealous. I'm glad you're enjoying the nice, warm California weather. Good luck to the Warriors. They've been uh, struggling a little bit, too, as long with the Bulls. Um, although they kicked the Bulls' ass. But the Bulls have... Chicago Bulls have a zillion injuries right now. I'm not worried. Um, once they get healthy, they're going to be just fine. Uh, Charles, uh, your derby pick ready for the TVG show in April? Well, that's going to be um, that's going to be two weeks before the derby, Charles. So I'm sure I'll, all the derby preps will be done. I'm sure I'll have a very good idea who I like in the derby at that time. Um, Christine. Yeah, Christine, sign up for the blog. And make sure also you follow me on Twitter. Uh, thanks, Christine. Appreciate both of those things. Um, all right. What other things I want to uh, mention here? Um, originally, I was planning, as of last week, I was going to have another great guest that we're going to have on the show. I just want to mention New York Times um, sports reporter, Joe Drape, who is a fantastic sports reporter. Uh, originally, he was going to be on the show. Had a family conflict. I do uh, switch gears a little bit. He has been covering Bob Baffert and the whole Bob Baffert saga like a glove for the New York Times. He also has written a book on American Pharaoh a few years ago. Uh, again, the gentleman's name is Joe Drape. He works for the New York Times. We will have him live on this show um, sometime in February to talk about Bob Baffert, American Pharaoh, and, and a lot of other things. He's a big horse racing fan. Um, award-winning uh, journalist for the New York Times, Joe Drape. We'll have him on in February. I just want to mention uh, that as well. Um, next week. The next two weeks are going to be very heavy into Gulf Streams. You can see on the scroll on the bottom of the screen there. Next week, next Thursday, we're going to have a huge show. Guests to be determined. Don't want to say who yet because I'm, I'm working on that. Um, but we're going to have some great guests. It's going to be a huge show next Thursday night to talk about Pegasus Day. And I am very fortunate and happy uh, to tell people, if you didn't hear my show last week, I will be at the Pegasus. 
I'm going to be there live to see the great matchup with uh, Nick's Go versus Life is Good. They also have six, count them, six other stake races on the card. It is a gigantic card. I will be at Gulfstream along with uh, uh, Todd Trump's going to be there. Uh, Matt Bernier is going to be there for NBC. I'm not going to be on air. I'm just going to be um, with my new friends at Adelphi. My new partnership with Adelphi, I'm going to meet Matt Cuter in person and the great people at Adelphi. We have a nice table outside. Um, stay away from all those uh, COVID germs. Uh, we'll be watching the races outside at the Ten Palms restaurant. I'm very excited for me to meet my new friends with Adelphi Racing. As you folks know, I have part ownership in two horses with them. So I'll be at the Pegasus. I'm very excited about that. Um, speaking of the Pegasus, uh, what's happening in the Pegasus? There are uh, horses, and we're going to talk a lot more of the Pegasus, other than Life is Good and Nick's uh, Go, not the strongest field. Stiletto Boy, um, Commander, or Commandeer, Title Ready, Endorsed, Sir Winston, and Chess Chief. Listen, these are just fillers. This is going to be a, a match race. And frankly, this is one of those races next week where I could care less. In fact, if it was just a match race, that'd be fine with me too. Because it's going to be a throwdown. So I'm very excited um, about that. Also, this week is Derby Pool number two, ladies and gentlemen. The second Derby Pool, um, I might, I will just say right now, I have not made any bets in the Derby Pool. Command performance, if his price goes up, which I think it might, um, above maybe 40 to 1, I might put some money down on command performance. He was very good last year. Todd Pletcher said he's still a few weeks away from his first work, so he's a little bit behind the eight ball, but he still should have enough time to get in two preps to qualify for the Derby. Again, the name of the horse is Command Performance. Very nice horse for Todd Pletcher. A little bit behind in his training compared to some others. That is the, I wouldn't say that's my Derby horse right now, but I'm still interested in Command Performance. All right, we've got about 10 minutes left before um, Kevin Kilroy comes on, and I want to show you guys a few things. I'm going to go ahead and take the banner off the screen. Um, one year ago yesterday, something crazy happened. And I put it on on Twitter. And I was on the Matt Bernier show one year, one year ago yesterday, January 19th. And I decided, um, actually I decided earlier in the month, but I decided to make an announcement on the Matt Bernier show that I want to share with you uh, a year ago on January 19th. This was my announcement that I made one year ago, yesterday, on the Matt Bernier Show. And also, I want to say, Matt, I'm, I'm starting my own YouTube channel just for fun. Oh, good. Just type, yeah. Well, sorry about those ads. All right, you you guys got the you guys got the gist of it. Uh, looks like we're gonna have some ads coming into the YouTube. Sorry, I announced on uh, Twitter that I was going to be starting a YouTube channel just for fun, as I said. Um, I had no idea what it would grow into. I put it out on Twitter, um, over 45,000 views, 678 subscribers I think I have, almost 600 followers on Twitter. I mean, it's crazy what's happened. So that was my original announcement. On my 100th show last month and folks if you didn't check out my 100th show last month you really should check it out it was very long 
<laughs> I had a lot of great guests on. We were benefiting uh, the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation. But um, in case you didn't see this, I want to show everyone. Um, and it's a bit embarrassing, but it's sort of fun to to go back and, and look at this. And again, if there's a if if there's an ad that pops in, uh, bear with me. But I want to show you my very my introduction video. This was just me saying, uh, "Welcome to my." Um, podcast. I didn't even call it the HHH Racing Podcast. I didn't think it had a name at that point. But here I am a year ago. This was my very first video that I put out uh, for the YouTube channel. Let me share that with you right now. Hello, this is Howard Kravitz and welcome to my YouTube channel. On this channel, we're going to be talking about pick fours, pick fives from all throughout the country, especially the main tracks in California, Florida, and New York. I'm an avid horse player with 25 years plus experience with some great scores, including online contests through Naira, Stable Duel, and other avenues. I've also had the pleasure of being a three-time guest on the Matt Biernier Show part of the In The Money Media podcast, which recently won the award for the best horse racing podcast by America's Day at the Races. All right, see, <laughs> I'm laughing because I was, I was a little serious. I didn't really know how to handle myself. To, you know, like, should I be like goofy? Should I be serious? Like, I, folks, I had no idea what I was doing. By the way, a lot of you don't know that that background is pretty much what I see as I'm filming right now. Most of you, obviously, everyone just sees the background now. But what I see um, in front of my screen is what you guys saw there. So uh, that was my introduction to YouTube. Uh, we got a lot of comments. I know a lot of people had no idea, um, uh, you know, about that. Uh, Michael Bryan is here. Michael, thank you. I really appreciate uh, you uh, with that. And um, Tom remembers that announcement. How many of you? Have seen that announcement. How many of you were with me from the very, 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 very beginning a year ago today? It seems like five years ago to me, but uh, Tom was right there at the beginning. If anything else, well, I'll tell you what, in the chat, put in the approximate month that you found out about the HHH Racing Podcast. How about that? In the chat, when did you find out about my show or when did you start listening to the HHH uh, Racing Podcast? That'd be uh, fun to talk about. Uh, yeah, Christine, I, I've come a long way. And then, last thing I want to show you um, is my very first episode. So here I'm going to show you now. This was, and I just had my 100th episode, as, as a lot of you know, uh, last month. This was episode one of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm going to go ahead and bring it up right now. And here it was. Episode one. Uh, whoops. I'm sorry. Hold on one second. Oh, I know. Oh, there it is. Sorry. Here we go. With Mailchimp, you can design right. more engaging marketing sorry assets in no the, time uh, at all, ads. thanks to our AI-powered. Good evening and welcome to Howard's Horse Handicapping YouTube channel. This is Howard Kravitz. Please make sure you subscribe down below if you enjoy what you're watching. We're gonna be doing some great handicapping of mainly pick fours and pick fives throughout the country in Florida, California, and New York with emphasis on major stake races.
All right, so that's that's I'm, I'm chuckling because I mean it went from that to you know this is pretty good, right? Uh, I've come a long way <laughs> uh, with my delivery. With uh, it took some practice. I mean I have journalism background, but I never I folks I had no idea what I was doing. None. I had no software. I had no like. I just put my laptop camera in front of me and just started filming. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> um, uh, but by the way, that very first show, I did a pick four at Gulfstream, and it hit. We I put like a caveman ticket together of like $72 caveman, and it hit for like 480 or something. I still remember that. So started off well to continue to go well. Um, pretty cool. Uh, Jim, I think you might have been that first live person. Oh, remember the Zoom disaster, Jim? Oof, that didn't work out too well. I, I went on Zoom, folks, and before I had my software, that uh, we had some uh, characters come in. That was that was not the best idea. But uh, anyway, uh, high risk. Thank you very much. I really do appreciate uh, your thoughts there. I see some people said they came in June. They came in February. A lot of other things. Um, real quick, because I put this out on Twitter, and I don't want people to think that I'm ignoring my own um, – agenda i was going to show a video but um, i don't have time for it i do want to show you very quick um the eclipse awards these are the i'm going to go ahead and go partial screen here uh these are the uh care of blood horse these are the eclipse award finalists i'm just going to roll through this very quickly of my opinions on who's going to win the uh, eclipse awards i'll go ahead and go full screen um who I think will win, who should win. I'm just going to roll through this very quickly. If you have any opinions on this, let me know. And then uh, Kevin Kilroy will be on in about five minutes here. Uh, Two-year-old male, uh, Corniche is going to win. He deserves to win. I don't love him this year, frankly, for the Derby, but he will win and should win. Two-year-old Philly, um, Echo Zulu should win and will win. Um, By far the best two-year-old Philly this year. Uh, Three-year-old male. I was going to talk about this for a long time or a good 10 minutes. I don't have time for it now. Maybe I'll pop it in at the end of the show. This is going to be fascinating between uh, these three. Um, I personally would vote for Essential Quality. I think he's done the most. Medina's Spirit, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with his Derby DQ or not. We're not going to know. I understand the case for Medina's Spirit. Life is Good is probably the most talented of these three by far. But he didn't really do enough or win enough races to be three-year-old male of the year. It's going to be fascinating to see uh, what they do between Essential Quality and Medina Spirit. I personally would vote for Essential Quality. Three-year-old Philly will and should be Malathot. Older Dirt male, that's going to be Nick's go. Slam dunk, move on. Older Dirt female should be Latruska. Um, she had a fantastic year. Disaster in the Breeders' Cup, as I predicted and others predicted. Um, but she should win. Male sprinter. This is interesting. I personally think Jackie's warrior did the most. He won the most races. He was very good. Okay, he flopped in Breeders' Cup. I personally think too many voters put way too much emphasis on the Breeders' Cup itself for the Eclipse Awards. Please comment in the chat if you agree. Do the voters put too much emphasis on the Breeders' Cup in determining Eclipse Awards? I think they do. I think Jackie's warrior should win. Flightline is a complete freakazoid and is probably the most talented horse in training. That doesn't mean he should win an Eclipse Award, though. I would vote for Jackie's Warrior. 
Female sprinter, I'd give it to Cece. I understand some people that would vote for Gamine, uh, but Gamine didn't really do, didn't have enough big wins, and Cece beat Gamine in the Breeders' Cup. And Cece also had some other wins. Male turf horse is fascinating. Um, I think I would give it to Yabir. I know Yabir only won twice, and he won the Breeders' Cup. He also won a nice stake race at Belmont. Domestic spending just wasn't around enough. I mean, I think his last race was the million, or excuse me, the Mr. D's stake used to be the million, and he lost, although he ran well. He didn't run since, you know, August. So I don't know. They might give it to domestic spending. I don't think you can give to Space Blues. He only had one race, and that was in the Breeders' Cup. He didn't even run in the United States until the Breeders' Cup. I don't like that. I, I wouldn't give it to him. Um, in the female turf horse, I give to Warlike Goddess, even though Love's Only You is a favorite of mine and beat Warlike Goddess in the Breeders' Cup again. Warlike Goddess had a fantastic year. Uh, by the way, Christine, I see your comments. I agree with you completely. Um, High Risk, by the way, agrees with me on Yabir. Um, and, and Christine agrees that there's way too much focus on the one day. I agree with you. I would go with Warlike Goddess personally. Um, I don't have an opinion on the steeplechase horses because I just don't watch them enough. Owner and breeder, I would give to Godolphin. Uh, the trainer, I would give to Brad Cox. I know Steve Asperson broke the record this year, but I think Brad Cox was unbelievable. Chad Brown was great, but I think he's a little bit of a down year, personally, for me. Jockey, I'd love to see Flavian Pratt win because I think Flavian is absolutely outstanding. It's just he races mainly on the West Coast, and he doesn't get as much publicity. I'm sure Joel Rosario will get it. That'll be very well-deserved. I have no problem with Joel Rosario getting that award. But frankly, I think Flavian Pratt deserves it just as much. I don't have any stats to throw your way in terms of grade one wins or earnings. Um, so I didn't do the full dive on that. And Apprentice Jockey, um, I'll tell you what. Um, I agree with you, Tom. I, I think it should be Jessica Pfeiffer. Um, I know she doesn't have as many wins, I don't think, as the other two. But I think she's done a fantastic job in a much bigger circuit than what John Geraldo and Charlie Marquez did out in the, I believe they're in the um, mid-Atlantic tracks, a Laurel, etc. So I would give it to Jessica Pfeiffer as well. Uh, that's my opinion on the Eclipse Awards. I just want to run that down very quick. Any comments you have on the uh, Eclipse Awards, let me know. Uh, Michael says Irad. Michael, I don't know if you think Irad deserves to win. Or if you think he's going to win. Um, Irad's unbelievable, guys. I, I can't vote for Irad. I, I can't do it. I don't like his riding style right now. Listen, he's won for me a lot this year. I'm sure he's won a lot for you. He's been careless many occasions. He's to clean up his act. By the way, he is going to be riding very lightly this weekend. And then he's supposedly going to be riding um, a week from this weekend for the big races on Pegasus day, if everything goes well. So, um, but I, listen, I read's unbelievable. I just don't like some of the antics that he's pulling off right now. I'm not, not really a, a fan of that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Kilroy, which should be coming on any minute now. We are waiting for him. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and talk for just a little bit longer here. Kevin was doing a show live, I believe right before our show. Um, so he might be running a little bit late from that. But listen, we're going to stay on live here, of course, as we're waiting for Kevin Kilroy. 
Uh, we're going to be talking about the late pick five sequence at Fairgrounds here, folks, in just a minute, this Saturday. Fantastic sequence. It's all stakes. I know the takeout's a little bit high in the pick five. I get it. I saw some people on Twitter talking about it. I understand. Um, it's not a jackpot pick five, by the way. It's a straight pick five. I think they're guaranteeing 250000 in the pool at the fairgrounds. And we're going to do a very deep dive on these stake races. It's going to be fantastic. I can't wait to talk about that. While we're waiting for Kevin Kilroy, I'll just open it up to you folks. It's like talk radio. Um, any questions you have, I'll go ahead and put my banner on the screen there also to talk about uh, um, what's coming up on the show and et cetera. Um, any questions you have as we wait for Kevin Kilroy, go ahead and put them in the chat. I'll just leave it open to you folks. Anything you'd like to talk about, we'll go ahead and, and talk about as we wait for uh, Kevin to come on the show. Let me look at the comments here. And just as I mentioned that, just as I mentioned, let's talk and wait for Kevin Kilroy. <laughs> Guess who I see backstage? Ladies and gentlemen, let me go ahead and get my screen set up here. Uh, this guy is a friend of the show. Uh, I'm going to call him a new friend of mine, even though I haven't met him in person yet. Uh, he's been very busy tonight, doing a lot of things, as you know, on, on many other various shows. Let's go ahead and bring him on to talk about a great day at Gulf, excuse me, Gulfstream. My apologies. I'm thinking about Gulfstream for the Pegasus. At Fairgrounds uh, this Saturday, the one and only Kevin Kilroy. Kevin, how are you doing tonight? Howard, I'm great. You're not going to uh, scratch and enter in a race in the in the Gulfstream uh, next weekend, too, are you? Uh, no, but we do have to talk about that because I know there is uh, <laughs> there are a few horses that look like they uh, might be escaping fairgrounds for a little bit uh, richer purses down at Gulfstream. But uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Kevin, how you doing? I know you guys. I know that we have you for a fairly brief period, so we're not going to do any you know special special interest questions or ten minutes to post. We're just going to jump right into the handicapping. The first cool. thing that I want to talk about, and by the way, thanks very much for joining the show. Talk a little about the weather because I know you guys got some rain this morning. Uh, I'm, I'm one of those weird weather channel watchers. It looks like you're going to get some, a little bit of rain either tonight or tomorrow morning. Um, how's the weather there, and what do you expect the turf course and the dirt course to be for Saturday? Yeah, I'll tell you what. It's it's cold. I forgot to turn my heat on before I left today, and I, I could have a stocking cap on right now. Oh, wow. um, we, had, we had a good amount of rain this morning. And uh, we were off the turf today and it was, you know, the, the track was ended up listed as good at the end of the day, but it seemed just pretty sloppy. Um, we're going to have some more rain tomorrow morning, kind of through the night and tomorrow morning, it's going to get colder. Oh, you know, boy. some people were like, maybe we won't run tomorrow. You know, there's this little bit sort of really uh, situation if it gets too cold and, and too ridiculous, you know, um, but I think we'll be good for, for Saturday. It's going to stop raining tomorrow morning. And without anybody running on it these two days, you know, I assume that we're not going to run out tomorrow. I think it should be all ready to go. But, you know, fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean, you guys are definitely going to run Saturday. Um, it's it's yeah. like Kansas City weather, right? Just, it's you, you know, you, you know, or Chicago weather. Well, warmer than Chicago, but maybe Kansas City weather. We'll go with that. Uh, yeah. By the way, good luck with your Chiefs. I think you said you're a Chiefs fan. I can't recall. But if you are, good luck. Uh, we, we've got a big fan on the show. Uh, big viewer, his name is Jim. Maybe Jim will pop a question. He's from Buffalo, by the way. So you guys can oh, duke yeah. it out on the show. <laughs> oh, anyway. Yeah, sorry about last year and uh, sorry about this year in advance. Wow. Wow, <laughs> Jim, he's thrown it down. Jim, you're going to have to respond to Kevin on that. Uh, by yeah, the way, Jim, don't leave the show. Kevin's a good guy. He's just throwing a little, just we're having some fun. All right, let, let's jump into the handicapping. I, I think the turf's going to be, 
I mean, I don't know. Um, the, the inner rails, I, I believe the rails will be down. Do you have that information, Kevin? Yeah, so the rails will be down. There'll be no okay. uh, portable rails. So, you know, we've been out to like 28 feet recently. Okay. So it it should be the place to be. We saw that on, um, if, you, if you're, you know, looking at some of these races, a lot of these horses ran on the 26th. And a horse like Halo again, which maybe we'll talk about, you know, took advantage of that uh, the inside rail, the good going there. So it, it should be similar. So, you know, rail horses who have speed or, or getting down there or able to work out a good trip down there should be, uh, should be uh, you know, um, moved up in your, in your list. Yeah, they're going to be running on fresh ground, folks, but it's cold, it's raining and the temperature makes a big difference. I mean, because it's not going to dry out. It, it, I would say good at best, could be yielding, wouldn't surprise me. Uh, but it's fresh ground, so it's not going to be, like, really chopped up and bad. It's just going to be wet. So, folks, when you handicap these turf races, and there's two of them off the top of my head in this sequence, uh, you're going to want to look for a horse that maybe have that can run with a little give in the ground. And the inside might be better. Kevin, I remember last year I had, I when I was talking with Matt Bernier about um, some races at fairgrounds, they took the rails down, and, boy, the inside was, like, a beautiful putting green and the outside was all chopped up and you definitely yep. want to be down on the inside. So, um, yeah. we don't know exactly, but I think we would suggest, you know, you, you could be, you could start in an outside post. You, you might want to make your way down to the inside in the fresh yeah. part of the turf course. Correct. Yeah. And the jockeys that I've been paying attention to, attention to, they really feel like, I mean, I feel like they know, know that they know how to work with it. And I'll try to send out a, a photo from up above of what everything looks like, just so you get a sense of it. And I'll put it on my, uh, my Twitter account. So, so people can see that. But also, you know, on that 26th day, um, the ground was soft, even though it's not listed as soft. So some horses okay. who maybe ran that day, like Manny Wah, who didn't run as well as they were hoping to, uh, you might want to downgrade um, because a lot of people were coming up and saying, oh, it's, it's softer than we thought. And our horse didn't like it. So that's something to think about. Kevin, you're bringing a big odds. I'm just looking. I know you can't see the numbers. We got a lot of people watching live tonight. So, I mean, I know that you were a bit nervous on your first. Uh, by the way, sure. before we handicap, one more thing. I don't know if you heard or saw on Twitter or whatever. I had Todd Shrupp on my show uh, last week from TVG. And, Kevin, you're going to have to start calling me uh, TVG's Howard Kravitz because. Really? You no, know, I, I didn't get a job. But, Todd, believe it or not, I don't know what he sees in me. He promised live and, and also email. He's putting me on air, on set, um, when when they're at Keeneland for a segment on a Sunday. How about that? How Heck cool yeah, that? you deserve it, Howard. This show is awesome, man. I've been watching. You know, the Marcus Hurst show was fantastic. That's the last one oh, I checked out. Yeah. Thanks. So, listen, I'll, I, I'm going to get some TV tips from you, but we'll, we'll talk later. I know a lot of people want to hear about the handicapping. Last thing before we handicap, Jim from Buffalo has got a retort. Are Good. you ready for this? Yes. There you go. You can see on the bottom of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Kino is cold. It's Buffalo. And, yeah. and New Orleans did not get a foot of snow, right? <laughs> no, 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 okay. no, no. Jim, I do have to say I lived in Chicago a long time, but still it doesn't compare to Buffalo. Buffalo is a whole different level of cold, oh, yeah. depressing, ridiculous. <laughs> Buffalo is a whole other ballgame. All right, yeah. Kevin, let's jump in. Um, and, and Kevin, just uh, I don't mind saying in front of everyone, give me a time that you absolutely need to leave because I don't want to. I know we originally said nine, but we're starting a little bit late. Is there a specific time? Oh, I'm all good now. I had the thing before, but I got nothing after this, Howard. So I'm, I'm all here. Yeah. Oh, great. I appreciate it. We'll, 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 we'll talk uh, as much as, as you'd like then here. And I'm sure yeah. there's a lot of viewer questions. All right, Kevin, let's jump right in. Um, pick five time. It's not a jackpot. I already brought it up. Um, so I think they're guaranteeing 250,000 in the pool. Listen, yep. folks. Kevin has been covering fairgrounds all meet long. 
So if, if, if his, if you think his opinions are stronger than mine, I have no problem with anyone thinking that yeah. because he's been covering these races. He's been covering these horses. He's been covering the jockeys, trainers, Kevin, I just want to give a shout out by the way to you also for the great writing that you're doing as well on yeah, fairgrounds. Please. If you guys want some more detail from Kevin, go to fair. I think it's fairgrounds.com. I apologize. What's the website, Kevin? Yeah, Fairgrounds. Fairgrounds.com. Yeah. Go to Fairgrounds.com. Right. You click on the news, right? The news tab on the top, and Kevin has a bunch of articles. That's part of the reason why um, he's received the accolades he's received. He's a fantastic writer um, as well and journalist, yeah. I guess we could say. So uh, yeah. there are stories. The... There are stories, Kevin, about these races, right? Yeah, there's stories about them, and we've got the trainers' quotes in there, and any quote that we couldn't find at this story, you know, Joe K and I, we put them at the bottom for additional quotes and. Those are helpful. You can kind of read between the lines and get a sense for things. But uh, also big props to Joe K because my writing is what it is because he's helping me and uh, and guiding it. So, uh, you know, tons of props to Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, Joe Christopher's awesome. Um, I'm starting to go a little more full screen with our PP. So, Kevin, that means at times we're not going to be on screen. But that's probably better for our viewers anyway because they don't want to see this ugly mug. And yeah, also right. they want to they want to see the uh, probably PPs a little bit better. Let's talk about the first leg. Um, yeah. And it's not this one. I apologize. Let's go. Whoops. Yeah, it's race 10. Um, race 10 is the uh, the Marie Krantz Memorial Stakes. It's a mile of 16th, $100,000, four-year-olds and up, older fillies and mares on the turf. So we'll get an idea. Folks, if you're only playing the pick five, I would highly recommend you try to watch the fairgrounds races earlier in the day because they have I, – I see three races they have uh, scheduled for the turf before these, although I'm not sure they're going to go on the turf, but – People should probably keep their eye on that. Kevin, you are going to uh, start our pick five out with the number eight horse in here. And I apologize. I saw your late email really late, so I can't queue yeah. up the uh, the YouTube video. I believe it's pronounced Janelle Monet, if I had to guess. This is a Brazilian bred, eight to one, for a pretty good combination. Brad Cox and Joel Rosario making her first start here in the U.S. Yeah, it is pronounced Janelle Monet because that name actually comes from Kansas City. This horse is named after, uh, you know, singer, rapper, uh, actress, Janelle Monet, who's she's, she's fantastic. So, um, I, I mean, I assume unless they just pulled this name out of a hat, but that's that's Janelle Monet. She's she's badass. And this horse is the triple crown winner of Brazil. So, you know, this this is this is a serious horse. This is my top pick here. And some of that has to do with I think the field is just, uh, you know, a little bit soft in terms of uh, um, a my guess is that summer in Saratoga might not run in this just hearing some, some murmurs that maybe summer yeah. in Saratoga might go to Gulfstream next week. We'll see. I hope she, you know, she runs cause she's fantastic, but B Janelle Monet is, is a fantastic horse and a really interesting one for, you know, transferring her, um, her skills over to the North American turf game because she's able to, uh, you know, get out of the gate sharp and be involved in the pace enough She's not some deep closer like sometimes we see, you know, come over from Europe or other places where they're just they're just lost trying to keep up with, you know, our, our horses the way we breed them here and trying to keep up with the pace. But Janelle Monet knows how to get out of the gate, stay involved, and finish strong. Um, watching her so race. She's got tactical speed, Kevin, because I honestly I've not I didn't I haven't yeah. done the dive on her yet. Yeah, totally. I know it's one of those things you're like, okay, God, I gotta go uh, <laughs> type this in and, and find it on YouTube. But yeah, her races are there. You can you can check them out. Um, she's got tactical speed. She knows okay. how to be involved. She finishes strong right. and uh, she's in the care of Brad Cox, you know, and he, he says that he, she's just been 
showing her versatility, you know, be able to work on any sort of surface at any sort of distance, you know, and she, he's just super impressed with her. I feel like, you know, I'm hoping that we can get a prize. Um, and I'm super excited that Rosario is on board for Janelle Monet. I mean, I think this, this horse, yeah. you know, could be, could be one that we, uh, that we sort of uh, make our money in the pick five with. You know, this is the kind of horse and I have folks, I have no intel on this horse. I, I, I totally rely on Kevin for this one. Um, you see eight to one morning line. If this horse is the goods or really that good, you, you're not seeing eight to one. This horse will be yeah, like totally. three to one. Right. So I think yeah. to me, the board is really going to tell here, um, would that have any influence you on all Kevin, if this horse is like sort of cold at like six, seven, eight to one, would that influence your decision at all? Or you just trust what you heard from Brad Cox and your general gut feeling? Yeah, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. It's it's interesting because, you know, you can get so swayed by the board and especially with these, you know, with a first time starter, you know, first time North America or, or just a shipper from overseas. I, mean, I I feel like unless I see, here's the thing I'm maybe looking for, Howard, and I, I like that you're bringing up that you got to watch the races leading up to, to this yeah. pick five because we just seeing some serious trends on our on our turf course or on our dirt course. So you want to watch how people are winning. If everybody's winning out front, then I'm going to find a front runner. You know, then then I'm going to I'm going to fade Janelle Monet. I'm going to find a horse that's just got some serious serious early speed and uh, really work with those horses. But otherwise, I mean, I think if people are overlooking Janelle Monet, I think it's just because they didn't do the work, you know, and they didn't look into it and they don't trust the pedigree. But you know, this horse, you know, coming from this Agnes Gold, who's, you know, by by Sunday, Sunday Silence, this, yeah. this pedigree's there. You know, I think we've seen a lot of exciting stuff happen from that from that line of, of horses. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with and let, if Rosario jumps off and we see somebody else pop on, then that that's the type of movement that would uh, would shake me. OK, yeah, I'm fascinated with the source. I don't know much about I, I have her in third. Frankly, I haven't done the deep dive. I'm a little bit dubious, I would say, for two reasons. One, this seems like an awfully soft spot. Yeah, I mean, she's really that good. I, I don't know. I, I just there's something about it just seems, uh, you know, you see a lot of one, one, one. I get the triple crown. I mean, it's Brazil. I mean, there's not a lot of South American horses that can come here and do. I mean, Ivar did it. I mean, it's been done before. But Brad Cox with the turf horse from it's very strange. The whole thing is weird. I wish them well, I, but we'll see. The one horse yeah. that I think we need to mention also, and then I'll talk about uh, the other pick that the five horse. Uh, actually, yeah, that is Summer in Saratoga, my bad. Let's talk about Summer in Saratoga. I've heard, you've heard, she might be going to Gulfstream next weekend. They have a turf race for the Phillies and Mares. Um, that's like a, it's for, I think, 500,000. It's like the sort of the sister of the brother turf race there. Um, my gut feeling is going to go there, but we don't know for sure. Is that correct? Yeah, we don't Sorry, know for sure. Know. Yeah, yeah okay. from talking to Joe today, we don't know for sure. I didn't talk to him, but some, you know, from okay. hearing... You know, if from she's here, she's going to be tough, though. I, I, I really like her a lot. Um, I do have a replay. You know what? I don't want to show the replay because we don't know where she's going. But I was going to show the last replay of Summer in Saratoga versus um, Catch a Bid. Just, I'll just tell you folks that the December 26th uh, race, Summer in Saratoga was pretty much in last in, into a, I'd say, an even pace and, and beat Catch a Bid, getting sort of a wide, like in the sixth path. I thought that race was pretty impressive. Uh, Kevin, so I, I like Summer in Saratoga quite a bit if she goes in this spot. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts on Summer in Saratoga? Yeah, no, I hear you for sure. I have to admit, I did think that she was going to win uh, by more last time. I really did feel strong about her, her last time, and, and and I know that they're thinking about uh, you know taking her out of uh, out of racing and you know you know getting her in the uh, you know and you know into the the broodmare barn and 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 
and moving forward with things. She's got new owners, you know, as of, as of last fall, this is the first race. So this will be the second race with new owners. So, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. Summer in Saratoga seems possibly a vulnerable horse in this field as well, just in terms of haven't seen her really step up and take that next step into, into greatness that I thought was going to happen in that last race, especially against that, that field, uh, six runners, you know, catch a bid was third, Bella Gambo, you know, was second yeah. Yeah. horses, not great horses. Yeah. I mean, they- she didn't blow she didn't blow me away um there listen it's a 12 horse field there's a lot of other horses the other one i want to mention i'll let you talk about the six very briefly ken will move on abscond to me is the class of the field i mean if if abscond is ready for eddie keneally i mean look who she's faced abscond has lost to you ready in her starts recently going global blowout princess grace jolie olympica athika i mean any of those horses in this spot kevin would be one to nine i mean so yeah. Abscond has faced much tougher. Um, I'm not sure about the yielding. That's a concern for me a little bit. Um, and, and, and has to go a mile and 16th. I guess the extra distance and the turf course would be small concerns. But I like Abscond quite a bit in this spot. And the, the other horse, just out of respect, I want to mention is um, Adelaide Miss, who you have in third, who won on the lead for uh, Brittany Russell, very underrated a trainer do you just like the speed angle here or you think she may be yeah. an up-and-comer a newly turned four-year-old yeah I, I th- the speed angle i think is great i think those those pace figures are really strong especially compared to this field and i feel like she's just going to improve off of those and when you watch that race last time she just leapt out of the gate and just basically just you know just swam across the, the turf it was it was it was beautiful to see she feels so comfortable on the turf and you know there's no reason that she shouldn't keep on feeling that way and enlisted is good last time i think we're gonna have something similar i think she's gonna she's gonna relish that and uh i don't i don't think she can win necessarily you know but i think that this is a horse that we want to use in our exotics for sure okay uh, again i uh kevin as usual this is of course thursday night there's probably a lot of people watching inside that have not looked at the pps but i will say folks fairgrounds does a great job these pps were out what tuesday i think uh maybe in monday even kevin so Folks, you got to check out Fairgrounds. If you're going to bet, you can. That's a great thing. It's the only track I can think of, or major track, that really gets their PPs out nice and early. Yeah, a um, week before. A week before you can uh, find. Oh, well, last week. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, we draw so, that Saturday before, so yeah, it's it's fantastic. Morning line odds are, you know, it takes a little bit, yeah. but yeah, they're they're up. Okay, yeah, the morning line odds came out today. All right, let's go ahead and move on to race. That was race ten, by the way, of five twenty-three. You guys can see there at the top. 523 Eastern time is when this pick five starts. So people got all day to uh, put their tickets together, Kevin. Let's go to uh, race 11. Uh, this is the silver bullet day. And again, Kevin's written articles, folks, about these races. So on the fairgrounds, you should check them out. 150,000. Um, these are for restricted three-year-old fillies. Kevin, I'll let you talk about the importance of this race in terms of the uh, Kentucky Oaks, uh, because this is I one of the first points uh, races really of, of 2022 it's a nice field of six and as i go ahead and scroll to uh we both have the same horse by the way on top here um, oh nice burn a breezy talk about the importance of this race in terms of the road to the oaks yeah so uh 10 points for the winner four two and one you know for second third and fourth and uh yeah this is this is a nice setup it's a nice way to go in, in terms of just 
you know, it, it's, it's a cross between horses who are now horses who are trying to capitalize on that and then horses who are trying to really aim for that that deeper three-year-old career. And I think that's sort of where you have to stand with this race. Do you feel like um, a, a now horse can win, a horse that's sort of unexpected and can, can give you a prize? Or do you feel like some of these horses that are, you know, going for that deeper three-year-old run are ready to roll now? And, and maybe you and I are both thinking the same thing here, Howard, that uh, I'd rather take a now horse. Uh Burnham Breezy, we, we've got to show this replay. I know you've watched the race and, and et cetera. Um, oh, we don't want to put up that one. Sorry. That was, we already talked about the Eclipse Awards. We can talk about the Eclipse Awards too, but um, okay. That was the race that I was going to, sh- here we go. Um, all right. And by the way, great job, Churchill Downs Fairgrounds of finally getting some replays up on YouTube yes. because I can't, I can't show these from the PPs folks. I don't want to get into all that, but anyway, a lot of politics yes. involved. Uh, but this is you can go on to YouTube now and watch these fairgrounds races, folks. So, by the way, if you see at the top there, I just let me go full screen. I just typed it. Well, now you can't see it. I just typed in fairgrounds 1220. This race happened on uh, on um, December 20th. Uh, Berna Breezy is going to be way back here. You can see the three horse. I'll let you talk through this race. I thought this race and apparently you feel the same way was very, very visually impressive. Yeah, so visually impressive, you know, just uh, broke, you know, with no hurry, just an unhurried break and just settled back behind. And then we just see this huge move here, just a sweeping move around the turn. It starts picking them off, just pop, 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 pop. And you, you can see the jockey's not asking. It's just the horse running and, and putting herself in the right spot, gets out wide. And, uh, you know, here we go, you know, watch out uh, out front because it's, it's all done. You know, you can see it. And, it, it, you know, she looks like she's running against Lesser when you see this effort. It's just such a, a visually impressive effort. But when you look at these horses that she beat, you know, these are some really uh, high value, um, high pedigree horses from top trainers. Um, so this is, this is this is a really good win. It's the first time that she's going two turns. And um, if she's got some pace to close into, she's going to be uh, she's going to be deadly down down the stretch. Yeah, I really I like I'll tell you, what, I like the gallop. I, I like everything. Let me stop sharing that one. So I'm doing some clicking behind the scenes here. We don't want to show that one yet. Let me go back. No, yeah. I got to do some more. I got to do some more stuff behind the scenes here because we can't we can't watch the replays off the PPs. Uh, I'm sorry. You were going to say something? Oh, yeah. So the trainer match here just is so high on on Berna Breezy. He's just saying that she is just looking so great. And if you're not familiar with him, you know, he's he's a really strong younger trainer who uh, used to work for, you know, for Kim McPeak. And so has seen some of the best three year olds out there and, um, He's 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 feeling like she's going to take a step forward, and I'm excited to see that step. Kyle uh, is watching the show tonight. Kyle, a friend of mine, thanks for watching. Just got back from Vegas, I believe. So, Kyle, you'll have to tell us. Maybe I guess you'll tell us off there if things didn't go well. But uh, <laughs> uh, by the way, just turned 21 recently. Actually, he's 22. Sorry, I think I think Kyle's 22. I apologize. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, may may have been his first trip to Vegas though. So we'll have to we'll have to hear about that. Um, Listen, I'll take 92 all day on this horse. Uh, I like Bernabrizi a lot. I love the acceleration. I like Bobblehead, James Graham, and everything I like about this horse. Will she get pace? Uh, by the way, that last race, uh, Kevin, they walked. They went 49 to the half, and she still yes. blew by the field. So yes. that Good you have point. to upgrade a horse against the race flow, blew by the field. The horse that's getting a lot of attention, and rightly so, is number five, LaCrete. Uh, two to one for Steve Asterson. And Rosario, these are Stone Street Sables, a half to a pretty darn good horse. I'll let you talk about the number five 
uh, Lacrete, who you actually have in third, I have in second. Yeah. Well, real quick, and this is just this is just me um, trying to change the tide here. I hear everybody say Lacrete. I'm trying to get people to say Lacrette, and I oh, could Lacrette. be wrong. I could be wrong, but Clarier is her half sister. I'm sure you're right. You're the, you're the wordsmith of the two of us for sure. So no, I, I, I just I, when I was writing an article about her, I just like I just gonna look this up. So Clarier means the clearing, and Cret in French means like the hill, you know, or the oh, so uh, definitely or right. the ridge, right? So you Look know, correct. but I, I, I wanted to say too for the for the island. No, no, I'm just trying to trying to because everybody's saying, and I could be wrong. So if, if the owners could correct me, that'd be great. But damn yeah, Americans. For, <laughs> you know, this horse one run, you know, and just got out there and we can see, I mean, this is one of the reasons I like uh, with DRF when they, when they label a race is it really favored that early speed. And, you know, who took advantage yeah. of that was Lacrette. Um, just didn't have a horse within sniffing distance of her the whole way. And for me, you know, you just don't learn much if you're not passing horses when you're a young horse. And I, I want to see a horse learn something. I want to see a, a horse improve off that and at least demonstrate um, that they know how to, to run in company. Now, that being said, um, I feel like this is going to be, a, you know, a really short price horse that I can't get behind, but she could just wire the field. She could just jump out and take care of everybody, especially the way the dirt uh, track has been playing at fairgrounds. Um, I do feel like that trend is, is changing with the weather, with the um, the cold and with the, the moisture that we're getting. Um, but yeah, she just jumped out and just, just soared. Who'd she beat though? I mean, that's exactly, that's why I bring up the yeah. chart here because Nobody, right? she was real. I'm not going to watch the replay folks. She was geared down. I mean, she was in the, very impressive, but the fig was slow, Kevin. And you see the, the horses finished second and third have not come back. The horses that have come back, you see the fourth and fifth place finisher did improve their buyer, but really only in the mid 60s. And the other three improved there. I mean, I think it's fair to say that was not a strong field. I think that's fair to say, Kevin, at least in my opinion. Um, so, uh, you know, Lacrette, though, obviously could improve tremendously here. And I'm, I'm, I, I shouldn't say I'm worried, Kevin, because I'm not picking her on top, but she might just get loose and win again. Um, she won very easily. There's just doesn't seem to be a lot of other speed in here. I guess Fanny and Freddie, right? Who you have in second, and I don't have anywhere, but I might be under underestimating her. Is probably the one who's gonna be sitting right off of Lacrette and get first jump. Is that your thought? Yeah, could get first jump there, or, or maybe even just might go for it. You know, you can see that that rail draw and just uh, getting bold. Colby's really good at, at letting a horse uh, uh, tell him uh, what, what to do. You know, North County is a really strong horse, three for three, and uh, just 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 beat you know beat Fanny and Freddie you know at the wire last time. And it really, you thought that Fanny and Freddie had it had it taken care of, and that was a pretty tough field. You remember Cocktail Moments was in there, but I feel like it's a similar race where everybody was really high on Cocktail Moments, and you know. I happened to be against her that day. You know, I just really didn't think that uh, that it was gonna gonna show much because she was another horse that sort of just uh, I don't know who she beat, right? She just sort of yeah. posted a good number and really didn't didn't uh, but yada yada yada. But I think I think Fanny and Freddie could be dangerous. Has been running at this track, is familiar with the track. You know, Al Stahl is a fantastic trainer, as we know, and has improved every time. I, I like a horse with some, some seasoning and uh, knows how to to run with the best of them and uh, knows how to show show her best foot. So. Yeah, absolutely. And and let's let's just start the false rumor. Kevin Kilroy doesn't like Todd Pletcher. <laughs> I'm gonna put you on camera. I'm just gonna start some crazy false rumor. I, I'm just kidding. Totally joking. Um, Sweetest Pie. I have her third. I, I don't I don't know how strong those races are in New York. She's gonna probably get over bet because of the connections here. I yeah. I, I I mean you don't have her in the top three. I mean I, I'm sure we both agree she can win. 
I'm yeah. going negative to her. I don't know. I don't know what it yeah. is. I just we're, I don't know how good she's going to be, and she's going to be overbet. Those are my two opinions there. Totally. Yeah, th- I think that's it. Number one, overbet. Her and Lockrat are going to be overbet. So what are you going to do, right? Are you going to take these horses? And talking to both the trainers, um, they both feel that these are slow-developing horses that aren't quite there, right? Okay. Sweetest Pie and Lockrat. Okay. Um, seeing Sweetest Pie's uh, sister, um, her name is, I've got it written down here, Admiring. Um, she was a late three-year-old winner uh, on turf, right? They t- tried her turf the first four times, right? You've got it right there, right? Yeah. So she didn't win till you know, late in the fall there in September 21. And improved, you know, and really showed that, she, she, you know, what she could do. And then also looking at, you know, treasuring the dam, you know, just another one who uh, I believe, you know, was just more of a turf horse. So I feel like, you know, if I could get into, um, or what is it? Maybe not a turf horse, but oh, had I'm that. Sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. It's good. This is where I'm getting information from here. So, That's yeah. Okay. But another one. Let's see. She won her second race out there at a sprint distance, right? Yeah, she um, ran the Starlet. She had. She was. She was well mentored. Three year old. Uh, you know, yeah. season there. Um, didn't go two to sprint the, wins. Two sprint wins. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, a little, dis- a little distance challenge. I, I would say it's fair to say. Yeah, distance challenge and seeing seeing the sister go on turf. Um, yeah. you know, talking to Joe K, he says that Fletcher's just winning so much at Gulfstream, his cup is overflowing, and he's just trying to find spots for all his quality horses. This horse is, you know, owned by the Magners in Ireland, and they own the best. You know, this yeah. is this is this is this is some real deal money behind behind Sweetest Pie, but they also have a lot of horses. So, you know, trying to find uh, spots for for all these well-bred horses and well-intended yeah. horses, you know, can be a tough thing, but also. You know, why send her over here? Maybe just to get her one run to see how she fits with the field, whether they're going to go forward with the three-year-old season towards the Oaks, or maybe they're going to turn her to the turf next time. You know, maybe they're going to keep her at fairgrounds, yeah. get her on the turf and, and go from there. Um, Jeru is obviously exciting to have up there. I, you know, don't see improvements in terms of the, uh, uh, you know, the speed figures there. She did run to Nest last time, and Nest is a really strong horse that was able to win yeah. next out with, with some, some jumping figures. Sweetest Pie could do it. You know, I get it, but I'm not going to, I'm definitely not going to um, use her on top of my win bets and I'm not going to single her yeah. uh, or a lot credit. You know, I, I feel like this is, this is a race where we might be able to find somebody who's, who's ready to go now and isn't waiting for the development throughout their three-year-old career. Because these top trainers, if they do have a really great horse, they really want to make sure and be slow and patient with it. They're in no rush to win, you know, the, the silver bullet day, right? That's not what they're, yeah. they're jumping at. So well, I, I think this race for me, and we'll talk about betting strategy at the end. This is a perfect example for me, Kevin, of why it's great to use the ABC uh, ticket maker ticket because it's only a six horse field, but I think you can make an argument for five of them, but, or even at least four of them, but you don't, you really don't want to go four deep in a six horse field. So this is right. why personally for me, I'm going to use probably two, five as A's. I'll throw one four maybe as B's or secondary selection. So I'll be using them just not equally. I'm just yeah. throwing it out there for people who don't use formulator or, or ticket maker. Excuse me. This is a race. I think that just shows why that'd be a good idea. Yeah. hundred um, percent. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to uh, the next race as I'm trying to find my show one Oh seven. I still can't find stuff. There we go. Listen, I don't have great produce, by the way, I'm sure that you, the people behind the scenes there at fairgrounds, you've gotten to know well, the camera people, producers, they do a great job. I think you guys have a fantastic product. And I'm not just Thanks. saying that yeah. because you're on the show. So they're great. No, shout yeah, out. You. As you know, and as you've learned, 
there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that people don't know. Those people work their ass off making you and Joe look good. Um, so I'm yeah. sure you'd agree with that as I go and switch yeah. the screen. Quincy, Ian, Sean, Yolan, Ty, Christian on the camera. All those guys are fantastic. I, all right. I took probably not watching. But. By the way, if you haven't bought those guys a drink, you might want to do that. They, they'll make you look even better. Just a little yeah, tip I, I, I <laughs> All right. Uh, this race to me, um, I'm just going to shout it out. This has got my long shot of the day. This is, my long shot of, this is my long shot of the sequence right here. And I've had some success when I've said that, by the way, in the past. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes it does. This race will have my long shot um, of our sequence here. So you'll allow me to talk about my price in a minute here. Uh, yeah. This is the Colonel, uh, Colonel Bradley, 100,000 on the turf, uh, mile 16th for older horses. And by the way, what we should also mention, Kevin, and you can expound on this, is this is sort of, uh, I, I don't know, this is the this is one of the preview days for the Louisiana Derby. Be, there are going to be another one. I think it's actually called Louisiana Derby Preview Day, or I don't know the name, I apologize, next month. And then in two months will be the Louisiana Derby. So this is sort of the, I guess if you want to put it in NFL parlance, this is like the divisional round. Then, you know, like the NFC championship game is a month from now. And then yeah. the Super Bowl for Louisiana would be a month later. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So February 19th, we'll run the Risen Star, you know, and, and all the races associated with with moving these three-year-old forward and, uh, you know, other top stakes races than Louisiana Derby Day. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. All right. So you let's let's I'm going to let you talk first. You Your horse that you have in. No, no, you get to talk first on this one. You've got oh, the, all right. I'll talk first. I'm, I'm excited to you're, hear. You're you curious, right? All right. Everyone get your pad and pencil and be ready to write some stuff down. And then at about uh, what time is this? this race goes off at 620 Eastern time at about 625 Eastern time. Be ready to take that information and throw it in the garbage. Uh, no, no. Listen, take that information, put a nice star and then check your bank account. Cause, cause I'm going to give you a, a price. Here, folks. Uh, this is a 12 horse field. Um, and there's a horse. That is going to be a big favorite, lower than than I think. I just want to mention this horse first because the whole race surrounds on your opinion on two Emmys. Now, two Emmys uh, has run two buyers in the 100s. Uh, this is a horse that upset domestic spending in the Mr. D stakes. I was there, Kevin. It knocked 90% of the people out of the pick five. The horse was 27 to one. Completely yeah. walked the dog. It was a complete joke of a pace. But I yeah. give credit to the horse. I'm not throwing shame on the horse. Just the pace scenario was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, came back and ran just fine in the Sycamore, but that was a grade three and lost to Spooky Channel, who I w wouldn't consider a monster, and also was on the lead, albeit a little bit of a faster pace. So two Emmys has been or was in extremely good form. Here's my thing on two Emmys, who I have in second, who I think Kevin's going to be eight to five. Forget that three to one. Everyone think, sees yeah. 100 buyers and the Mr. D and domestic spending and blah, blah, blah. There's mm -hmm. no way this horse is three to one, in my opinion. Um, this, there's no way, in my opinion, Kevin, this horse is cranked up for this race. I mean, it, this is this is just a means to an end, in my opinion. I don't maybe if you talk to Hugh Robertson, I'd love to hear what you've heard. To me, from a handicapping standpoint, as an outsider, this is a means to an end. This is a distance shorter than he wants to go. He's definitely 
100% not getting the lead in this race. You see the early time for him, pace 75. There's some horses on the outside we'll talk about that I know you're interested in that are much faster early. There's no way two Emmys gets the lead. That's what he's best at. Sure, he ran perfectly fine before the 100 buyers, but couldn't catch up to Busy Channel, who's an okay allowance grade three kind of horse. Kevin, this horse can absolutely win. I'm using him in my pick five. There is no way in hell I would bet this horse on top at eight to five in any way, shape, or form. All right, so that that's why you're wrong on your top pick. Now, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I hear oh, everything you say. Yeah, right. I hear everything you say. Own agenda. Okay, here we go. Yeah. First of all, I didn't know the morning lines till literally two hours ago. Love the 10 to one. I think you're going to get 10 to one. I don't usually love seven-year-olds. I'll say that even though I know it's the beginning of the year. But – he only there's two things I do like only 16 lifetime starts Kevin number one number two only turf only two turf races and let me go full screen and what did Owen Agenda do in his only two turf races came second almost beat Monarchs Glenn and 40 under who's in this race actually beat 40 under almost beat Monarchs Glenn and last time let me show the replay folks yeah. this is the last race for Owen Agenda who is the three on the outside here I'm gonna go full screen on YouTube. And this was against much easier, Kevin. I will give you that. But he's uh, he saved ground, tipped out. Oh, sorry, let me take off John there. And this horse does it so, so easily. This is like burning breezy to me, Kevin. The turf, I mean, in hand, right? Like, not even asking at all. Not And, and you guys watch carefully. Okay, he shakes the reins, goes to the whip, what, once, maybe twice. But I'll just let you watch. Never really is asking. I mean... Is there not more to give here? Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Just This is a hand ride. Look at this. I mean, this is as easy as it can be. Galloping out, you know, striding out great into a slow pace. Gallop out is good. Uh, gallop out just fine. I, I, Kevin, here's my feeling, and I'll just shut up. And, and well, I didn't want to do that. Sorry. I lost our uh, PPs. That's okay. I'll bring them back. Um, let me bring them back as I talk here. I'm going to do it multitask here's my feeling there's a lot of speed in this race kevin and i think this might be the best closer in the race mm -hmm. he's lightly raced even though he's seven i don't know if on agenda is going to win so don't put a thousand dollars to win on this horse people i love 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 this horse at least underneath to throw this horse in, in your tri keys for second or third at the very minimum i'm going to put a small win bet on him and use him defensively on top and tries Big time in second and third in tries. I think he's the best closer in the race with a lot of speed. I, I love the replay. I think he's going to have a nice trip from the inside. Own agenda. Use him somewhere in your bets. There you go, Kevin. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love that you're picking, I love that you're picking own agenda. I think this horse is fantastic. It's got such a great story. I mean, so Cherie DeVoe. Uh, he's been working with this horse and they've been so patient with him and they've been taking their time and, you know, he's had some troubles here and there and she's always wanted to try him on turf and she finally got the chance um, and she was able to do it. And she was proved right. And this horse runs fantastic on turf. Um, that was in June the first time and then, you know, came up and still had some more troubles and they were just hoping to get him back up, but they've been, they just, they basically aren't going to run this horse unless he wants to run that day. You know, if he, if he shows any sort of sign of, of not, uh, 
you know, not, not being hundred percent, then, uh, then they're not going to run them. And I think that's, that it's great. And I think it's beautiful and he's working really fast and Sheree doesn't ask him to work too fast in the morning. And I, I was, I was going to ask you, Kevin, I hate to interrupt. Are you there in the mornings? Have you seen any of these horses work out? I mean, I see a, when a turf horse breezes in 48 twice yeah. and is second out of 123. I mean, yeah. that raises my eyebrows when it's a turf horse. Have you seen these yeah. horses work in the morning? Yeah. You know, oh, see, I've, I've got the problem where I'm there and I'm watching them, but I don't know who it is. I'm just like watching okay. myself. Like Nick's go. I've, I've, I've got him picked out of a yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, okay. um, but the works, the works look outstanding. I mean, the works look outstanding coming into yeah. this. And this is look. When's the last time we saw him? You know, we haven't seen him run two races. You know, in a row to really improve off a layoff. You know, like yeah. we like to see a horse do. You know, since 2019. So this, I'm a lot, I love this pick. I think this is a great pick. I feel like we just haven't seen him run against this sort of competition. And that's my yeah. question there. No what do you think about the pace figures? So, I mean, I like looking at these pace figures and the late pace figure that we see, you know, the 112, which could be improved upon. Cause like you were saying, he wasn't asked there. There's more there. But there's more there. I, I have two concerns. I'm not sure about the yielding turf. I have no idea how he's going to, I think it's going to be, wet. Right. I think it's going to be wetter than people think. Um, yeah. I, I don't know how he's going to handle the yielding turf. Uh, Number one, number two, this is much tougher. I mean, he's not beating Attorney Tim. No, no disrespect to Attorney Tim, who's a decent allowance horse, but this is a yeah, much, this yeah. is a much, much tougher field. Um, there's no question about it. But I yeah. just, I, I like, uh, you know, he's uh, bred in Europe, so you would think the off turf wouldn't be a problem. I don't know. He's interesting. Let, let's let me stop yapping and talk about your horses here. You have two no, horses no. that I have nowhere on the screen. Um, did you want to say anything else about two Emmys, by the way? The, the, Real quickly, yeah. Intel quickly. from uh, Hugh Robertson. If you're interested in Own Agenda, there's a great podcast called Fairgrounds Racing Podcast. And Chad Schneider, who's on the Steve Big Show today, brings up Mike DiLiberto, who's our morning line maker. And they and you know they talk about the races. So they go over this whole car. But then also he's got one fully devoted to talking to Cherie DeBeau. And you can hear all about this horse. So check that out for sure. Um, what yeah, what so is that again? Where do the people go for that? Fairgrounds Racing Podcast. You can find it on Spotify okay. or, you know, just on your podcast app. Um, Fairgrounds Racing Podcast. Any so, intel you have on inside info on two Emmys, and then we'll talk about your second and third choices. Yeah. So talking to Hugh, he feels – so two Emmys is, is, a, is a small horse, and he feels like um, he'll be able to keep his fitness off that last mile and a half and bring it into this race, you know, in terms of wondering if two Emmys is going to be sharp, having not raced since October, if this is a prep. Um, he feels like there's, there's just, you know, you know, no question there. He does say, though, a mile and eighth or more would be ideal for two Emmys. So this could be a little short, right? Yeah. This could be a little short. Last time going a mile and a half, a mile and a quarter before, mile and three sixteenth. Um, this horse can definitely go long. But if you just watch that last race back and you see two Emmys move, I mean, sometimes you just have to, you know, it's like watching any sport, right? You just watch a team and you're like, oh, that team's, Legit, right? Two Emmys is legit. You watch two Emmys come out of the gate and make make his move. He he's for real. And Busy Channel's good. You know, Spooky Channel's good. Domestic Spending's good. These are these are the horses that I feel like two Emmys is is in conversation with. And I keep on thinking that because that Mr. D was so disrespected, you know, that win was such a walk the dog scenario, that two Emmys is going to be a fair price. You know, going to be an overlay at three to one for me is what I'm hoping. What I'm okay. hoping. He, he, we'll he might be, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Like we'll see listen, how it goes. He can win by four. I'm listen, I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I'm using him. I mean, he's the yeah. best horse in the race. Yeah. I just, I have interest in some others. You're in some others too. Yes. Um, yes. 
And yeah, we're thinking the same way. Who, who I, I feel like we're – I hope we're not talking too long. I'm fine, Kevin. We're going over the time that we allotted. But I, we have the okay. same people watching now that we're watching when you came on. So okay, I think, good, good, uh, good, good, I think good. a lot of people are, are enjoying this uh, these opinions here. Um, yeah, so Lucky, Lucky Curlin. Curlin and, what about Lucky Curlin? And, and a name that – well, I'll wait to say it because I love saying that name for obvious reasons. Talk about Lucky Curlin first. All right, so I watched Lucky Curlin's races back, right? And this is a horse who has continually um, just shown his ability to run in the crowd, run in big traffic, not be upset by any scenario, whether there's horses on the outside of him, whether there's horses on the inside of him, and be able to find his spot and make a good charge towards the end. I love the fact that last time out he was at a sprint distance, and now we're going to a route, so he should be able to be, you know, um, not too far off the pace, be involved with it because there's going to be a ton of pace. There's seven horses in here that, you know, theoretically could send, right? Seven out of 12. And I feel like this horse is going to just be ready to roll late. Watching, you know, the end of the last race, we could see Lucky Curlin still hold interest. And I don't know if you have the race pulled up, but he has a total excuse in that last race when he was facing just Mike and Manny Waugh at the sprint distance here at the at the Richie Shear. The, uh, the one uh, grinning tiger just like leapt in front of him, just like jumped out. I, th- I think the horse was about to clip heels with the horse in front in front of him, leapt into his lane and, you know, cost at least two lengths, maybe two and a half, you know, right in the, right in the start, right, right behind the, the live oak trees, the fairgrounds. And uh, Lucky Curlin was out of it, you know, it was done. So okay. far back, far back against a sprint field, you know, five and off for a long turf sprint, but still was able to show interest at the end, it, you know, and, and pick up, you know, and knock off some of these horses. So I feel like this horse, Two times out, Mark Cassie's great with this angle, sprinter out. Um, Pedrosa knows the course. Uh, I would love to see if Drew would have got on Lucky Curlin, I would have been like, oh, damn, here we go. You know, this horse is really something. But I feel like this is a horse I definitely want to use in my exotics. Can Lucky Curlin win? I I would doubt that. I really don't think so. But I'm pretty sold on two Emmys, so I'm trying to think who's who's underneath. Sure. You definitely talk me into your own agenda, for sure. Yeah, he's going to close, right, Lucky Curlin? I mean, he's... He's interesting. I, I definitely interesting. I'm a little concerned about the distance. I mean, it looks like he's best sprinting. They they've really kept him short distances, but maybe maybe he's ready for the stretch out. And if you are a fan yes. of Jimmy Walker and yes. you are about my age or older, yes. and you watch Good Times from the seventies or eighties, Dynamite. Yes, there you go, you right? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that was a horrible impression, but I had to say it. No, that was good. You hit it. You hit it. That was really good. Talk about yeah. this horse, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, look at these pace figures. I mean, last out, look at that. 133, 133, 127. Right? Yeah. I mean, the outside draw is tough. I think I think it's it, it pushes a hand, especially at 40 under, you know, right there too. But a DeSormo has been just sneaking up on people at fairgrounds and really uh really putting some horses in front of them that uh that people haven't seen haven't seen coming, and we'll talk about another one soon. Um, those pace figures make me think that this horse has no other option, but also watching dynamite's races, this horse will never, will never let a horse, another horse pass him. Never. Unless, unless he just, you know, goes full tilt and has to stop. Right. That's the only scenario. So I think dynamite could be the one. And sometimes you see this, right. You've got a bunch of jockeys are sitting around. They're like, we've got seven front running horses. So who's going to send, right? Who's going to be the yeah, boldest? There, there's quite a bit of speed. I mean, you got the 12, you got the 11, you got, we didn't talk about Bodie cream. I mean, he's got to go. Bodie um, cream. Yeah. But Faye I'm Bodie just going to scroll through. I mean, 
this horse access magic is not a speed horse, but it'll is tactical. Two Emmys will probably be more like mid pack. Um, yep. So there's there's a lot of there's a horse on the cavalry charge likes to be a little bit up front. Halo Holy again Andrew. went on the lead last time. I mean, there's got to yes. be. I've, I've said this a zillion times and been wrong. There's got to be pace in this race, doesn't there? I think so. I mean, I mean, the whole the article I wrote about it was just like, how wide is the wall going to be coming around the, the turn? You know, it's yeah. going to be like seven horses going up, yeah. going around. And, well, that's and why I like going like, in a little bit. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I, like, yeah, the, yeah. I like the pace flow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think I think you want to use one of the front runners. And if you have to use one, I'd say, you know, watch Dynamite's races. This horse is speedy as all hell and doesn't let horses pass him. So okay. he might just take it all the way. By the way, I just want to give a shout out to Gary McIntyre. I'm not sure I've seen your name before on the show. And if you have been, I apologize. But Gary McIntyre, thanks for joining the show. He likes uh, that. Those were slow fractions. By the way, Kevin, you know why the 11 horse doesn't let other people pass him when he gets the lead? Do you know why? Because he's racing, racing the horrible field. No, because he's dynamite. That's why. <laughs> now you're All in. right. I'm anyway, like... I think I just lost five viewers. All right. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, the two biggest races of the of the day we haven't even really gotten to yet. So let, let's go up before it turns into 11 o'clock at night here. Uh, let me go to the banners here so we can see our picks. Race 13, Louisiana Stakes. Boys, this, horse getting, this race is getting a lot of pub and for good reason. They're going a mile 16th, grade three. 150,000, two absolute monsters that I'm going to selfishly, again, no disrespect to fairgrounds whatsoever. I would have liked to see at least one of these in Florida next weekend just to make that race more competitive. But yeah. Kevin, I completely understand why they're not going there and they're going here instead. Chess Chief, by the way, this is going to be a scheduled for a seven horse field. Folks, Chess Chief was just announced, I think yesterday, is going to the Pegasus. By the yeah. way, Raylu is riding Chess Chief in the yes. Pegasus next week. Uh, yeah. The two horses we got to talk about are the obvious ones. Mandaloon, Even Money, Brad Cox, Drew coming back from a long layoff. Last seen in that very interesting Haskell race. And then Midnight Bourbon, 6-5, to five, Asterson Rosario. Um, to me, disappointed. I, I, I really liked him, the Clark. I was disappointed. Who of these two do you like? We both like Mandaloon more. Oh shoot! I should have. Sorry, I must have mistyping that. I like I like Midnight Bourbon more. Did I but screw that up? I thought you said no, two three. I could have been wrong. It was, it's it's my fault for sending those picks so late, man. So okay, no problem. So I'll switch it as we're talking. You've got Midnight Bourbon on top. Go ahead. Yeah, but I, I like your line of thought when you're saying like, why aren't these horses facing Nick's Go and Life is Good, right? Why aren't they in the Pegasus this yeah. week? Well, it's because this is a prep, right? Yeah. This is a prep for something else, and they both say it. This isn't like being conspiratorial. Both. You know, both trainers have said, like, this is a prep for something else. Asperson spells it out. Like, he's like, slows you down, grabs you by the ear, says, this is a prep. You know, we're hoping to run, you know, in the Saudi Cup for $20 million, right? These Both these horses are pointing in that direction. And yeah. here's my thing. I think, um, and I've watched, bourbon. Sorry. This, this is Midnight Bourbon versus Mandaloon 6, right? This is, let's talk back <laughs> boxing. You know, this is, this is another heavyweight bout between these two. And for me, uh, I think Mandaloon's gotten the better trip, you know, time and again against against Midnight Bourbon, you know, including the Kentucky Derby, right? And has followed Midnight Bourbon. And when he's been able to, he's been able to pass, but it hasn't always been the case. Um, it's hard to know how that Haskell is going to shake out, you know, if Hot Rod Charlie didn't pop over um, and uh, and clip heels. But I do think Mandaloon had Bourbon beat that day. I think the blinkers are on is really interesting. Aspison saying that he feels that Midnight Bourbon still has more to give, and this is just going to sharpen Midnight Bourbon up. 
Um, and the fact that he's got that race, he just ran November 26. This is, this is great. Second off he's fit. He's ready to roll. He went to the lead. He's going to do it again, but he, with, with, with more, you know, just, just with more, right. And Mandaloon hasn't raced since the Haskell. I think Mandaloon is just going to be a little bit slow and just a little bit off and just uh, not going to be able to, uh, to take midnight bourbon home. Um, so that being said, I like your line of thinking. If these two horses are really just not trying to win this race, they're just prepping for something else. Can we find another horse in here? Is there another horse? Where would you go if you had to go across, you know, away from these two? That's a great question. Uh, let me let me just put my two cents in and yeah. and guys, I Kevin can take a little crap because I I've never met him personally, but I I get the vibe and he knows my vibe. We're just giving each other some shit sometimes. And uh, let me tell you why you're wrong again, Kevin. Okay, yes. about, about about Midnight Bourbon. Okay, uh, just kidding. Listen, I, I I have to say I'm a little down Midnight Bourbon because last time I'm a little bitter. I singled him. I thought he was going to beat Maxfield. To me, he was disappointing. One race, of course, you have to go back a bunch of races. I'm not stupid, despite what some people might say. Uh, you can't just look at one race. I will say Midnight Bourbon's been a little bit slow out of the gate. If you watch carefully, he has not been sharp. Now, maybe the blinkers are going to help that. But, Kevin, I just, in general, don't like when someone like Steve Asperson, who's one of the best trainers in the world, finally decides blinkers on it for 13 starts. It's just a little... Like they're trying, like like they're searching for clues. I don't know. It's just a little. It should be the opposite. They should take the blinkers off after 13 stars. They're maturing. You know, don't need them anymore, right? Yeah, but, it's like I don't I, like they're trying to find that extra, you know, few yards that maybe isn't there. I don't know. I, I'm sure Asperson is correct. Just it, it it rubs me the wrong way. Number one. What about Vino Rosso? What about Bayern? You know, what about these horses that when they did put the blinkers on a little bit later? <laughs> um yeah listen every horse is different i just no your yeah, bourbon could be the next could be the I next next year, you know maybe i could be complete maybe this run this horse is gonna run off the screen and run a 110 i don't know um yeah. but talk that's to me about one thing i'm a little bit by the way i thought he'd be the morning favorite i'm a little surprised that Mandaloon's favorite over him not that it really matters much i just thought i'd throw that out there yeah, um reason number two i like Mandaloon more is I think there is some speed in this race. Now, I don't know what's going to happen, but Sprawl needs to be out there on the lead. I mean, Sprawl mm. is a speed horse. I, I don't, unless they're just going to give the race to Midnight Bourbon, CJ Hernandez has got to go a little bit, right? You would think. Pirate's Punch is definitely a speed horse. I mean, he used to be really fast. He's got As he's gotten older, he's not quite as fast, but this is really more of a speedy kind of horse. Uh, Warrant is not going to be... You know, Warren will be a little off the pace. And Spot City is a little off the pace. So I think Pirate's Punch and or Sprawl might keep, might keep Midnight Bourbon busy. Kevin, I'm not going to say there's a speed duel, but they might be on his flank. And as you know, because you're an excellent handicapper and you, you've watched a zillion races like I have, they don't have to be going fast. It's really more like, is the horse uncomfortable on the lead, right? So yeah. if he's got someone beside him going 48, that's sometimes worse than a horse just on the lead by himself see Nick's go in the encyclopedia going 46, right? So I don't know. I think Monday Bird might have some company. I love the way Mandaloon's working. He's going to get a perfect, I, I have a hard time believing he's not going to get a perfect trip on the inside. It's just going to be a question that is he ready and can you find room for me at a price that I think is going to be slightly higher than Monday Bourbon. I think, I don't know. I'm going Mandaloon. Obviously Monday Bourbon can win. Um, that, that's my thought there. Uh, I don't yeah. think anyone else can win. You asked the question. I don't see anyone else can win. I'd be completely shocked. 
I'd be shocked too. I'd be shocked too. Yeah, yeah. he could get he could get softened up, you know. And and, and Sprawl's a good point. Um, Pirates punch. I'll tell you what. Grant always says that this as as Pirate has matured, he um, just is able to run with the target and is able to relax, and it's no problem. So Pirate might not send along with him, but okay. you look at that last race and he set great fast fractions up front, you know. But did he tire at the end? Yeah, and he got yeah. beat by some closers. So, I mean. Pirate can could go go a little bit slower and run off the pace, um, but uh, yeah, I haven't seen him win doing that, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean it's it's these two, and by the way, there's no way I would use both these horses equally equally in in any ticket, and and we're not going to have as much time to talk at the end because we're going we're going to move on to the last race here. But yeah, um, let's just hope they both run well, Kevin, and let's hope they both show themselves well in Saudi. I think we can be- definitely sell that say that for yeah. sure because uh, yeah. they're going to be huge factors in the Saudi cup. All right, let's go to the last race of the sequence. The last race is the one that is very popular for people that enjoy the Derby because this is the prep, uh, a prep for the Derby It's La Comte's grade three, three year olds, mile the 16th, $200,000 is the purse. It's a field of nine and we are quite a bit different. You can see in our picks there. I, I definitely, going... I had a typo. sorry, I had a typo for you. I'm, I'm three, five, oh. eight. Okay. I, again, folks, I, I did this very quickly. He might have emailed me correctly. I literally did this two minutes before the show when I no, saw yeah. your. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Sorry about that. Three five eight. The magic of live TV. I'm switching it right now. I love this software. Thank you. This is that. By the way, it's called Streamyard. Streamyard is the stuff. software. Well, maybe I should bet Blue Kentucky now. Now that you get <laughs> him up there for me, maybe Blue Kentucky's my guy. <laughs> um, uh, before we talk, real quick here. Blue Kentucky is going to be scratched for Catalano. That's what I read. Did you hear that too? With the, but then Catalano, you know, he, the Catman's like, no, he's not scratching. Oh. He's not scratching. So, but that was on Twitter. So, <laughs> you know. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. I, I don't think Blue Kentucky's a factor. I just want to mention that I heard he's going to be scratched. Um, Papa Cat, uh, very good last year. Finished second twice. Your top choice. Lost to Corniche. Um, and is coming here from the West Coast for Mark Cassie and Joe Bravo, who has been his regular rider, or excuse me, rider, uh, gets them out here. Yeah, I, I love that these two races are right next to each other because last year, what did we see? We saw Mandaloon, Midnight Bourbon, eventually yeah, Hot right. Rod Charlie come through Louisiana, come through Fairgrounds. I think we're going to see Papa Cap and Epicenter be really similar. These two horses are going to exchange races. They're going to win one. They're going to lose one. And they're going to move through, you know, these three races and go to the go to the Kentucky Derby. And it's, it's, it's these two horses for me. Um, there'll be some other ones like Proxy who will sort of pop their head in there um, and make an impact. But for me, Papa Cap is the horse that's ready to roll now. And Epicenter is going to, you know, just be going to be right there. But, you know, seeing these pace figures from Papa Cap, I feel like he's got tactical options. You know, I think he's, he's going to be able to run well with the target. I think he had a little bit of an excuse there. You know, when they were entering the turn, Corniche got in front of him and he and he had to get, you know, uh, Bravo had to grab hold of him and he, he definitely lost a length at least there. I think Corniche would have won no matter what that day. Corniche is really, really, uh, really stunning. But uh, I think Papa Cap uh, is, is just a little bit more seasoned, has run against better and, uh, and should be able to take advantage of just, you know, knocking him off late and just uh, rolling down the stretch and yeah cassie seems like he's committed to uh keeping papa cap here throughout the uh throughout the three races and you got epicenter who i have on top who i just loved we're not gonna show replays folks we're getting late here but uh i love epicenter's 
last effort in the gun runner. I know he got a great trip. Um, I believe, by the way, Kevin, he's 15 to one morning line in the Derby pool too. Derby and getting pool. a lot of buzz right now for yeah. Asmussen. Yeah. I mean, Epicenter looked awesome last yeah. time. Looked awesome. Yeah. First time going two turns and just really, you know, just, just took it to him and, and, and had so much more to give there. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a hundred, you know, next to Epicenter, you know, in terms of a buyer figure next, you know, after we, after we see this race. Um, it's also great to watch that, uh, the, the race two back on November 13th um, on that same day, you know, he beat surfer dude just so, yeah, so same. easily that, that race. Yeah. And then, um, you know, three races after that, we could see um, another horse in this field because we got to find something else, right? Call me midnight was racing on November 13th and uh, seemed to race against, you know, not quite as quality of a field ran just a little bit slower. looks like about three lengths slower from looking at the times. Um, but ran from off the pace and really looked good, really looked good. This is a horse that Joe K hit me to. I, I was totally fading this horse and he was talking about it today. And I'm like, oh shit. Cause he talked to Keith DeSormo and he said he made a mistake. He shouldn't have run two weeks off of that November 13th effort. It was just way too quick to bring Call Me Midnight back. And he just didn't show what he has to show. So we don't see that step in improvement. We really don't know how much he did improve between that race and what would have been this, the next race after it. So we could see, easily see, you know, an 88 to 90 buyer out of this horse, which would put him in contention. You know, this could be this could be a long shot play, but definitely a horse you want to think in terms of your exotics. Uh, this is all credit to Joe K with this one. Call me midnight. Uh, Joe, uh, Joe, Christ by the way, Joe K is Joe Christofek. Uh, he can he can spot out a horse. Um, by the way, I think DeSormo's got another horse that's going to be coming to the fairgrounds this spring that I like more as a closer and that's Oviat class. Who's been running out oh, of yeah. California. Um, I'm curious to see if he comes to, to up your neck of the woods. Um, listen, call call me midnight. If he improves, I mean, uh, the midnight loots can get two turns uh, as, as we've seen this is an interesting horse. Let me give my two cents on Papa cap. We'll show our tickets and end the show. By the way, greatly appreciate all you guys staying on and really appreciate you, Kevin, because you're staying on for like an hour, but I, you have the time you said you love talking horse racing. This is fun, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. Listen, uh, <laughs> here I go again. Here's Howard going off the deep, go off the deep end. Um, I, this, the, the price on Papacat is, is ridiculous. And I, I'm going to tell you why, in my opinion, okay? His last two races, dream trips. Now, I hear what you're saying. We're not going to show the replay. Kevin's exactly right, guys. In the Breeders' Cup, you can watch the race. I mean, I could – actually, you know, you know, let's cue it up real quick because it's easy to go to. If you watch if you watch here, just watch the first turn here. Papacat's the four, folks. Let me fast forward a little bit. Yeah, watch, what happens to, watch what happens watch to Papacat on the turn – you see he's comfortable. When Corniche comes over, he's got to watch. It's coming up here in about a second. Right. He's going to grab right here. Right there. See, yeah. he had to grab and study back, and the mouth's, the horse's like mouth was wide open. Now, after that, though, after that, Kevin, it was an absolutely perfect trip. He just yeah, followed. On the rail. Just, yep, on the rail, just followed Corniche around. Guess what happened two starts back? He wasn't on the rail. He was just sitting outside of Papacat excuse me, outside of Corniche on a speed favoring track, just followed him around. Um, I have no doubts, Kevin, that Papa Cat has got talent. I want no part of this horse at, I would never, I wouldn't put a win bet on this horse unless he was three to one. I, I just, he's gotten two dream trips on the inside. Maybe he'll get another dream trip. I mean, what has he done that's so special other than finishing second twice of Corniche, who in my personal opinion is overrated. So if you folks agree with me, 
then you understand why I'm saying that. You could go be the other way and say, Howard, you're nuts. Pavicat's really talented. He finished second in the Brewers' Cup Juvenile. He's going to win for fun. I, I have no qualms for anyone's going to say that. I just strongly disagree. The horse I'm interested in this race a little bit is Trafalgar. I'm not going to talk too long. I like the fact that you show different styles, Kevin. He, and by the way, I know Alstall likes this horse, and you can mention what Alstall said too. He's he's by Lord Nelson, who was a really good sprinter, but Alstall says that he's really built more like a two-turn horse. I mean, you watch him run, Kevin. I'm sure you agree with this also. He, he's like a really big, like muscular, like mean son of a gun. Sort of looks like a mini Midnight Bourbon to me. Um, one, two starts back, closing into a fast uh, pace. Last time, it doesn't look great. He looked, the horse looked goofy to me. He was like looking around. It looked like the horse was never used to being on the lead. Completely idled, in my opinion, Kevin. Yeah, I think Al Saul yeah. said the same thing to you. He's been given time since. He's been working well. You can get the two turns. You're going to get a bigger price. I see no reason why Trafalgar isn't as good as Papacat in this spot today. Maybe not going forward. I'm interested. Uh, tell me what you think. And if I'm wrong, feel free to tell me so. Yeah, no, it's interesting. This is why horse race is so great because I just have you know a different opinion about about Trafalgar. Um, so that last race it was such a slow pace. He was able to just sit right behind the front runner and pass him, you know, at will. Of course, you know, I forget which which horse it was who who was setting the pace, but but nobody special. And yeah, he just idled out there and was just got lazy and slowed up. And then here comes Naval Aviator, a horse who has two steadies in that race, right? And and also went wide. Here comes Naval Aviator. We haven't seen Naval Aviator run since, so we're, we got to, you know, we got to wait for that to see really how this sort of flatters or doesn't flatter this situation. But Naval Aviator was coming with everything, and he just hung next to Trafalgar, and Trafalgar was able to get the win done. But or did Trafalgar fight it. back? Or did that's Trafalgar it, fight it. back? That's what I love. That's what watch, I love, folks. It's watch that replay it. on your own, folks. Yes. Go to YouTube. Yes. Go to go to Fairgrounds. Just put in put in December second. Race, uh, where is it? Race, uh, shoot, I don't see it now. I know they don't see the race number on there. Oh, they don't have it on there. Okay, well, anyways, I, I think it's like the eighth race, seventh, eighth, eighth race. Pretty deep find, in the car. find the race, folks. You tell me, did Trafalgar fight back or did the other horse hang? Um, right, anyway, so yeah. it's, it's worth talking about though. No, totally, that's it. I think that's it. Like, you see the same situation and you've got to have yeah. an opinion about it. And it's one or the other, right? Yeah, and I think if, if you think he fought back, then you think he's got grit and he's going to show something and he's going to be something special. But also look two races back. This is something that our, our photo guy who does all the photos at, at Fairgrounds, Mark, was talking to me about. That race set up with all these two-year-olds who went so fast early. Yeah. It, was, it was some of the faster speeds that he had seen at Churchill Downs. And they just all fell apart late. You know, just, yeah. just early horses who went so fast. And who took advantage of that? Trafalgar. You know, no Trafalgar came and, and, and cleaned up the pieces and got the win there by, by two and a half lengths against a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, just a meltdown, a pace meltdown situation. So this horse could be something special. You know what? I think if it would, if he was really something special, Rosario would still be on Trafalgar and we wouldn't see Colby Hernandez up, but you know, how does Rosario get away from on that? epicenter? I mean, he's not going to yeah. go off of epicenter, but yeah. that's a fair I mean, point. You know, listen, Traf but, Trafalgar has got to step up. I mean, he's gotten, it's funny because I've been so critical of trips, right? And Trafalgar, Trafalgar's actually gotten two great trips the last two times. So I guess I'm talking out of my ass here a little bit. But, that's how it goes, right? But, yeah, but, no. but I think Trafalgar's got a lot of upside. I think we've, I, I don't know if we've seen the best of Papacat, but one is eight to five and one is five to one. I mean, and again, this is a value game, right? So, so 
I'm interested. I'm intrigued. I don't know if he's good enough to win. I'm intrigued. And we don't know what's up with Gunrunner three-year-olds. That's going to be the big question this year is how are, how are Gunrunner three-year-olds? You know, where, where are they going to mature? What are they going to do? So, yeah, yeah there could be – it could be something to to, to, it, to go against. But, I mean, Gunrunner got better as he went longer. So, I would think – Yeah. I, I totally respect people who are only going to use Epicenter and Papa Cat. Like, that makes complete sense to me. I'm just interested in Trafalgar. Um, Hell yeah. But I'm going to use the other ones, of course. Kevin, here is your – listen, folks. You don't have to have big budget to play this pick five. Look at this Look at this pick five from Kevin. 18 bucks. 18 bucks. That's it. That'll buy you a good uh, thin crust pizza, according to Kevin maybe on Twitter from Pizza Hut and who knows what else. <laughs> um, talk a little about your take. You are singling two Emmys. Is that correct? The yeah, two Emmys is, is a single for me here. I mean – and this could be, you know, why if I do hit it, it doesn't pay or why I don't hit it at all. You know what I mean? This could be, sure. for me, I really see these races as just having some standouts that I don't want to invest too much in this pick five because I don't think it will, it will pay that well. Um, so I think singling with two Emmys, I think using the logical, uh, you know, you know, Midnight Bourbon, Mandaloon. Um, you talked me into own agenda, though, I think. I think. It'd be hard not to have own agenda. Maybe, definitely a B, you know, but yeah. So this is very, I think, well, let me show my ticket. And do you have five more minutes, Kevin? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, man, we, you're my new best friend. We're going we're <laughs> to have you on many more times on this show. And by the hey, way, he, by the way, give a little thumbs or shout out to Kevin if you're, if you're on the live chat, because I think he's doing a great job and does a great job. And so happy that you've come onto the racing scene here. Um, l- let me talk about my pick five and, and, I talk a lot in the show about ticket construction. I don't think enough shows do that. I'm not saying my show is the best out there, but I think a lot of people spend all this time handicapping. You don't talk about ticket construction. Oh, and yeah. I have to say, Kevin, I was a horrible ticket ticket constructionist my first five, ten years of betting, and I lost you more money than ticket, I should have. I go to the OTB with friends, and I have a friend who's older than me It said, Howard, on it, and I'm not blowing smoke up my ass because I'm also criticizing myself. He said, Howard, you're the best handicapper I know. This was only like my, you know, maybe seventh or eighth year, like into deep dive handicapping. He said, but you always walk out of the OTB losing money. And you know what? He right. was exactly right because I was a horrible better. Here's my K-Man ticket, and obviously it's more expensive. That That's not my point. My point is, folks, if you're going to single – how do you single or where do you single or what do you do? Now, just my opinion, Kevin, feel free to retort. Yeah. Two Emmys is a possible single, no question, right? Mandaloon slash Midnight Bourbon could be a single. I think Epicenter slash Papacat could be a single. I think we'd agree those are probably the only likely singles. And I bring this up because not everyone's got a big budget, right? People want to go smaller. In my opinion, Kevin, if you're playing a caveman, folks, and again, I only play ABCs, but if you're going to play a caveman, there's zero reason, no disrespect to Kevin's ticket whatsoever, zero reason to use both Midnight Bourbon and Mandaloon when they're both going to be even money and you're doubling your ticket. Now, that being said, Kevin's ticket is only 18 bucks. What's another 9 bucks? No big deal. But if you're playing like a $30, $40 ticket, it makes no sense to me to guarantee yourself getting through the sequence by doubling your ticket. The reason why I would single Mandaloon and or Midnight Bourbon is I don't think anyone else can win that race. So to me, Kevin, in my mind, that's a two-horse race. The two Emmys race, I think four, five, six of the horses could win that race. The the LeCompte, if it's not Papacat or Epicenter, I think Trafalgar could win. I think maybe Call Me Midnight could step up. They're three-year-olds. 
I don't think it's a two horse race. So folks, in my opinion, you should single in the race where you think there's the least amount of contenders. And for me, that's the midnight bourbon, um, mandaloon race. Tell me what you think about that, Kevin, or what would you recommend, uh, in, for people constructing their tickets in this sequence? Yeah, I think that's, that's really well put. Um, if you see that there's going to be some, you know, potential value in a race like the two Emmys race where we could see something surprising and two Emmys could sort of, you know, fall on his face or just be caught behind a bunch of pace or all those scenarios with a bigger field that uh, some value could come through, then yeah, you want to, you want to be able to express that and put that into the ticket. And, uh, cause you'll, you'll get paid on that. You'll get paid on that. I think that's, that's hundred percent, um, and really good. And I want to hear more about how you made that jump from, being somebody who had good opinions, not getting, leaving without making money to somebody who started to, I know you've made some good scores, right? Had to come out of that. Um, so maybe that should be another show. But I also have to admit, I'm not sure, and this is just me talking as a person and not as an employee of, of Fairgrounds or, you know, Twin Spires or anything like that. I'm not sure if this is the best pool to play because just what, the way I'm seeing it is I do feel like a lot of logical horses are going to come through. We might see a little bit of chalk fest. And so therefore I think, and this is how I play, um, a little bit stronger. I think I might be looking into the uh, the horizontal wagers for a few of these and trying to bring some some value up through there underneath as opposed to on top. You mean the you mean the vertical wagers like tries? tries That's what I meant. Yeah, vertical. Okay. Sorry. Um, now listen, you can also play the eighteen dollar ticket that Kevin, if you like Kevin's opinions, you know, play it for uh, three times, right? That's yeah, fifty exactly. bucks. Yeah. You can hit it for a dollar fifty, right? I mean, it's a pick five. It's going to pay something. I mean, it can't pay. And it's it's the biggest card of the weekend. By yeah, far, of anyone, the, so the full and... sizes. It's the biggest card you guys have had so far. It's going to get the most attention. Um, hopefully, everything will be on turf. Will be fine. I mean, the pool sizes are going to be plenty big. Um, but that's sort of why I, I go against Papa Cat and I try to beat it too. I mean, he's like, I'm trying to think out of the box, and I can yeah. lose my ass on Saturday. But I, I tell you, if I hit Kevin, I'm not going to be hitting for eighty dollars if i hit it's gonna pay um yeah you're not gonna be hitting for that, that's my logic for better for worse yeah you, you'll be hitting for five thousand or more you know if you can get those horses out of there if you can get papa cap out of there hell if you can get two emmys out of there you know it, yeah yeah you know christine I think, christine i really I, i'm not saying this just to, i just I, i'm putting up a bunch of comments but thank you very much christine uh yeah i mean I will just say flat out, Kevin might hit this ticket and I could be completely wrong. And and, and I'm fine with that. I, I can live with that. Right. But I mean, why play why pay a ticket that's going to pay? I'm not saying Kevin's ticket can't pay, but um, no, and, and, and also, by the way, I can be a chalk-eating weasel too. I mean, like next week, I can tell you right now. Let, actually, let me ask that question to end the show. I'll put you on the spot. We don't know post positions. I talked about the rest of the Pegasus field. Uh, Pegasus, Pegasus Let's field. Go. Let's go. It's, it's going to be eight. It, there's going to be eight horses. The other six are just fillers. i just tell you right now. Knicks go or life is good. You got Knicks go. Knicks go, 100%. I, I should wear my Knicks hat right now. I've got a Knicks right. hat. I like the That's Knicks. That's just because you've seen them work out, right? <laughs> oh, that dude, he just – it's just one of those horses. You know, life is good. is super impressive. Knicks Wait, life is good. I'm just going to say, go ahead, Knicks go. Just take the lead and beat me. That's fine. Knicks go just won't. He's just, he's just a destroyer. You know, he, he's a 100% battler. He just knows how to like put a horse in his place. It's a social thing for Nick's go. He's just one of those absolute hundred percent alpha muscle muscle heads who's just gonna take it, take it, take it, take it. I, I'll just say one. We're gonna talk about. By the way, check out my show next week if you have time. Next Thursday night, where I'm great guests, deep dive into the Pegasus, which by the way I'm going to Kevin. So I'm really excited about that. Oh hell yeah. Um, I, I'll just I'm just gonna say, listen, Nick's go is amazing. I'll just say one thing. 
Last few races, he has not taken pace pressure. He's True. been fantastic. There is no chance in hell Irad is going to be anywhere more than a length off of uh, Nick's go. And that is going to be a complete throwdown. I can't wait, Kevin. Yeah. I told people on air, I'm assuming you feel the same way as we end the show. Like, if that was just a match race, I'd be fine. Like, I like big fields. If it was just the two of them. Yes. Like, I'd be, like, see Biscuit War Admiral, I'd be totally okay with that. Oh, yeah, our sports should do that. We should be doing that more often. To see Kevin, this is going to be these one, two around the track, right? Like, I yeah. can't imagine it's going to be anything, unless they go, like, 44 to the half or something insane. Like, it's going to be these one, two around the track, and it's just going to be who wants it more at the end. I can't wait. Totally. Don't you think? Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be great. All right, Kevin Kilroy. Man, we, we went on. That's okay. People, we still have as many people now as when we started. Kevin, thanks a lot for coming on the show. I'm going to take you off screen. If you could stay on for literally like 20 seconds after I wrap the show, I just want to talk to you for just a second. Any yeah. final thoughts about Fairgrounds Saturday, people to look for, or what's coming up at Fairgrounds in the coming weeks? Just pay attention to how the track's playing. If you don't have time to watch all the races, look at the, the charts and just see, are we seeing speed front running horses? Because if so, you can just toss half the field sometimes. So um, and vice versa on turf. We've been seeing a lot of off the pace wins, you know, going down the center of turf. So just pay attention to how it's running, but then also be ready for it to shift on you if we do see some crazy stuff in between Friday and Saturday. So just stay on your toes with, with how the, the track's playing. Terrific. Kevin, thanks for joining us. You do a great job. We look forward to hearing you and watching you on Saturday for a fantastic pick five. Take care. Have a great night. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Howard. See you all. Right, Bye-bye. All right, that was Kevin Kilroy, folks. We're going to wrap up the show a lot of great viewers. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the show, make sure you subscribe right there. Hit that thumbs up button. Hit the notification bell. Purchase the race day blog, yada, yada, yada. Watch the first half an hour of the show. I talked about a lot of fun things. This has been Howard Kravitz, episode 107 of the HHH Racing Podcast. One year ago, we started the show. One year later, we are going strong. Thanks for watching, everyone. And have a fantastic evening. Good night.